13 years of living here and it still doesn't feel any cooler. The heat outside, oh my God. It's just impossible to get used to, isn't it? I've just looked on my phone a moment ago and it's just said 41 Celsius feels like 47. Yeah. I mean, there's no wonder people leave Dubai for the summer and escape 100%. it. And I always think September's the worst for humidity, you know. Oh, don't say that. Honestly, I'd come. Yeah, just come back from the UK. Lovely weather, nice twenty Celsius, and I'll come back to an oven, basically. Wow, that's hot for the UK. Twenty, 20 in the UK is like forty here. So we've just come back from our our summer yeah. vacations. We had a nice time somewhere. Lovely. Got no tan, but I've got an increased okay. waistline. So yeah. <laughs> it's definitely visible. No, no, no tan. Uh, yeah, and I've been to the UK, and I've been to also to Spain to see family, which has been Lovely. quite nice. Yeah. But it's a common theme, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, people leaving Dubai. I th- yeah, well. and I think anyone who's probably listening to this is going to know either travel themselves or know colleagues or friends that have travelled in the last few weeks because certainly felt like Dubai's emptied out a little bit, which is understandable. People haven't been able to travel for so long. There's been all these restrictions, red list, green list, amber lists. People haven't seen family and friends for, for such a long time. I'm confused by all these lists. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's like they've got the opportunity, so that's it. They've, they've decided to get out of here. And it's summer, it's so hot, like you said a minute ago. So, so the schools are broke up, uh, uh, schools broke up, so it's the ideal time to, to get away and to get out of here. I mean, we talk about summer going away, but I mean, how does that play its part in, in real estate? I mean, it seems like to me this year, the summer's happened a little bit earlier. Yeah. I think because so many people have, have not travelled for such a long time. Yeah. Kind of took their break a lot earlier than they yeah. would normally would. Roads noticeably quieter a lot yeah. earlier. How, how has that impacted the property market? Because every year, whilst we say, uh, I ever say, is it saying seasonality is a mentality? Yeah. You know, in terms of you'll be if you're quiet and you think you're quiet, you will be quiet. But if you're busy, you make yourself busy. But I think there is a lot in that still, even in summer months. But I know what you're going to go and say, but. Traditionally, summer months are. If you look at DLD statistics, there's less sales yeah. that happen in the summer. Um, but I do still think it's a mentality. But you're 100% right, I would say, in terms of people taking a vacation early. So we're just talking off camera. A really interesting fact. In the last four weeks, we've had the four busiest viewing weeks our company's ever had in 13 years. Wow. Which is phenomenal. When you think of the heat, the humidity. So that's individuals going out to view to, a property. To view property, yeah. So the most we've had in 13 years. Yeah, in any kind of up, down market, any time of year, good season, bad season. What do you put the most we've to? ever had? Um, just demand, really. I think people, like you say, people holidayed earlier, so we've been back earlier. I think incredible like work ethic and work rate from, from our team. But it's just demand because people aren't going out in 40 plus degrees heat just to look at the neighbor's house to what we have the, the the term tire kicking yeah just to waste a bit of time go and have a look around a few houses people don't go out in this heat unless they're serious about making a property transaction whether it's to to buy or rent somewhere so it, it's it's purely it must must it must have to be down to demand food. but it's not it's it's not necessarily correlated in property transactions though is it you know we've done the most amount of viewings but that's not necessarily correlated so what what, what what's going on not yet and i'd say especially on the sales side if you think the average seller in the market has read for a year now and seen lots of different data points of property markets buoyant there's record demand prices are going up they've they'd have seen the neighbors sell and then three months later another neighbor sell for x amount more money so they've, they've been in this headspace for 12 months but 
it's natural that prices can never keep going up and up and up because buyers don't have like unlimited funds in the pocket. So there always comes a point where there's a cutoff between what, and we did a podcast a few weeks ago about speculative sellers. There's, there's always a cutoff between like what buyers are prepared to go to, what limit they're prepared to go to. And I think we've we've hit that at the moment where there is a lot more stock and supply in the market because of the speculative sellers. So buyers are having a look around now and they're thinking, well, maybe I don't have to go to that asking price. I've got more room to negotiate. I've got a couple more options. And again, if you think about it, individual buyers, they don't have unlimited funds. There's only there's always going to be a ceiling where they hit where just buyers don't have the money to, to be able to, the affordability I, to go higher. I unashamedly was one of them speculative sellers Yeah, where the prices in my community had risen that much to a point where I thought, wow, yeah. you know, I can't ignore the opportunity to to make so much money on my property. Ultimately, nothing ever happened with it. Yeah. But I think what we've seen this year is the first first four months this year, maybe four and a half, five months this year, we've seen unprecedented property yeah. price rises, you know, in some communities, double digits and more. Um, and I think what we've kind of seen as we've gone into June, certainly we're starting to see some realization of um, things have gone up too quickly yeah. and the brakes have gone on a little bit. Things are not, I'm not saying things have slowed, but what I would say is that, um, Perhaps people have been more aware yeah. of what's going on in the marketplace and making sure that they're not overpaying. Yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, it's exactly. That's market forces. Um, it's market forces in action. But I think what my advice would be to any sellers that are listening at the moment is these viewing levels that reporting are, are key and they're crucial because it's not. We can't just say, "Oh, nothing's happening because it's it's the summer and." everyone's traveled and they're back now so september's going to be roaring and etc cetera, etc cetera. to have these record viewing levels means there's a lot of demand in the market so if a property's not selling or, or not moving at the moment it, it has to come down to price because the demand levels the demand levels are there well, i've been around some of our offices this morning and we're just debating about different things about the marketplace and one of the guys said well you know a lot of the guys are talking about we're gonna wait till september wait till people are back from 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 the summer and also we've got the expo coming up and they and one guy said to me well what do you think to the expo, expo? do you think it will affect pricing well we're, we're, what we eight weeks out from from the expo yeah. i personally feel naturally there'll be an excitement in the country and in the city i feel that it will have a lot of people coming to dubai that have either been here on holiday before but not spent long amounts of time or people have never been before and it will encourage people to think about the idea of living in Dubai in the future. So the impact I think will be with Expo longer term, you know, in terms of the people visiting and attending the Expo in October, you might see these people next year or in the year after actually thinking, actually really enjoyed my time in Dubai and it's somewhere I can perhaps see myself living. For any seller today that's sitting on their hands and hoping expose the holy grail to prices going up even further, Wholeheartedly, if someone can tell me different, I'm happy to listen. But from from what I can see, there's, you know, there's not going to be people come out of the woodworks all of a sudden saying, "Yes, I'm going to buy because the expo is here." Yeah. Um, you know, there's very much a, what we're talking six months. The expo is on anyway. Yeah. So there's, there's very much a short term view of people letting and buying. But I think the longer term impact, I really do feel it will be more people to country. So if you seller and you're thinking that's the the holy grail, wholeheartedly from someone that's done the job a long, long time. Don't think that's the case. Equally with summer, 
tough to tell. I mean, the fact is that we're, we're having so many people viewing properties tells you that not everyone has gone away. Yeah, Things are still happening. And I think what's happened is people are taking more time to make a decision because of the more choice there has been than ever. There's been more properties in the market now in the last three, four, five months than I've ever known in such a, a long, long time. So if I'm a buyer today, I've potentially got 10 options Whereas at the start of the year, maybe one. Yeah. So I think from a buyer's perspective, the table has turned so quickly from a, from a seller's market to now yeah. actually, are we are we edging back towards a buyer's market? Maybe too soon to tell, but it, it's looking that way. Yeah, the signs are there, and it's 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 like anything, is it? You don't really know until after after the event, and then you can reflect back on it. But the signs are definitely there. Flipping it back to the expo a minute, do you think there'll be a lot of commercial impact from the expo? Uh, I do, yeah, I do. I do, to be fair. I feel that by people being here may give inspiration. I think I, all, I think the impact may have already happened, yeah. I think that there will be lots of planning in place. Yeah. Obviously, COVID may have put them plans on hold, but, you know, will we see a huge uptick? I'm not so sure. I think it will be gradual, very much like the resi side. But I also think we probably would have seen that already Some gradually over the, over the previous months. I mean, like like you said, until it happens, none of us know. Um, I there's no, there's only positive things that can come from Expo, which is really really good. But I feel like any 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 benefits from anyone living in the country will be gradual. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that whatsoever. The overall activity this summer. So obviously, we're seeing lots of people view houses. What are, what's you know inquiry numbers like looking like? So people actually looking to buy a house or going online, well, the property portals. Do you know what? And this, this ties in with what you just said about more options in the market. So we've actually got, and it contradicts myself a little bit in terms of like demands. So there's less people registering now than there was at the start of the year. But they're doing more viewings, so they've got more options. So one, one buyer may have viewed two properties at the start of the year. Maybe they're viewing eight to 10 properties now before making making a decision. So. It is a bit contradictory in terms of me saying there's record levels of demand, et cetera, et cetera. There's record viewing levels. The, the, the levels of registrations are far higher than what they were last year. Yeah. But the first few months of this year were just frightening in terms of the amount of, like, people couldn't register what the amount of phone calls. Our clients couldn't add the amount of buyers that they were talking to onto our CRM system because they were so busy. So that's that has dropped a little bit. But if we take away the first few months of this year, it's still... I mean, honestly speaking, the start of this year with property prices going up so quickly concerned me. Yeah. Because it's not sustainable. Um, and I see very often on LinkedIn or different pages, people talking about a boom. A boom for me isn't healthy. I oh, think yeah, definitely if we if we as a country and as a city can edge towards single digit growth every year, I think it's really, really good. I actually believe when we look back at the end of 2021, I think we won't be far off single digit growth, high single digits, maybe early double digits as an overall. We've seen some communities, you know, 10, 15, 20%, 25% in some communities, an increase in the first five months this year. I said in the last podcast, I believe the trends the remainder of this year is we'll see a leveling out in Q2, Q3. We're actually in Q3 now, so leveling out in Q3, which, you know, it's probably reading true what I said. And I, I think we'll see ever so small growth towards the end this year with Expo. So overall it will be it'll be net growth, which will be great. 
I don't think we'll be anywhere near the levels of what we see in Q1. But equally, I think if we see nice, healthy single-digit growth, it gives us a great platform going into 2022. Yeah, where hopefully things will be even easier to do business. Yeah, so you mean from when we compare Q2, Q3, Q4 against Q1, to be a lot slower. A, I just think slower. if we look at the, the the property prices, it's gone like that. And I think at the moment we're just plateauing yeah. and we'll be at a level where over the course of the year, it will be a nice single digit increase. It might be a little bit more in some of the communities because you can't look at each Dubai as a whole You've got to look at isolated communities which have their own mini mini yeah. mini sub subclimates. So kids are going back to school. You've got your baby boy going to school for the first time. Yeah. An emotional yeah, moment. Is. Yeah. For lots of mothers and fathers, obviously kids going back to school. It's not only an expensive week and new um, new bags and lunch boxes, which I was doing last week yeah. with, with my girls, but uh, an emotional time as well. My your your son goes to school for the first time, and my youngest daughter goes to school. Which she's not my baby anymore. She's quite no, sad. She's growing up. Yeah. How do you feel about your 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 first son going to school? Excited, you know, and I think he's ready for it. But it's funny. Like my wife was sending me pictures today. They went to pick the school uniform up, and he was just in a bad mood for whatever reason. So he's trying the uniform on and crying his eyes out. Oh God! But you have, as a parent, you have these images, don't you, of like these special moments, his first uniform, and you want a picture of them smiling to send back home to the grandparents and he's just, just stick a lolly in front of the camera yeah. and hope for the best there you go there's a lolly here it's fine no but overall good it's exciting it's it's, it's sad isn't it because the kids are growing up but it's exciting to see the development and the, my wife says the to me oh you know i'm gonna be bored now with the kids are going to school should we have another one absolutely <laughs> <Yeah>. not absolutely <laughs> not <a> mile. Yeah. <laughs> we're happy with two we're very blessed very lucky to have what we have but i mean with kids going back to school schools are very busy do you think that schooling plays a part with people choosing somewhere to live, you know, in terms of, you know, do, do, is that a factor when people buy a house? Do they think about, I want to go to this school, so actually I'm going to buy a house in this area? Do you know what? I think so. And I think increasingly so over the past two or three years or so. I think if we go about five to 10 years, people didn't make make as many purchasing decisions based on the location of a school. But I think this ties in with Dubai maturing more as a city and a place to be and and more people settling families down here and seeing a long-term future here. Whereas then they start to look at, okay, well, we need to move somewhere in school because if kids are going to this school for the next 10 years, we don't want to be going 45 minutes in traffic jams every morning. We want to be nice and easily accessible. And we're finding more, um, like if there's a villa community close to a certain school, most of the kids in that school tend to then live or the parents choose to live in that villa community. So communities are growing around schools as well where the kids are, having friends at school and they, they might go to the local park uh, with the kids in the evening and they have the same friendship groups. Whereas I think historically in Dubai, Dubai was more of a place of, well, we'll be there for a few years. We'll try and save as much money as we can and we'll take the money back home and build build our lives back home. So schooling didn't come into it too much because it was always a, a short-term thing of, well, the kids will be in this school for two or three years, then we'll move them back home because anyway. So in the UK, typically they have catchment areas. Yeah. So if you're living in a certain area, your the school would only consider your child, providing they lived in a certain, yeah. a certain, yeah, certain, uh, you know, kind of mileage or of, of how far that property is. Yeah. So and you'll be the same now. Like you've still got friends from school that you went to school with, and 
you walked home with them, you went to the park with them, you played football with them, you went to the house at the weekends. No walking home in Dubai. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you imagine like, yeah. it'd be absolutely dripping with sweat at the yeah. end of it. And not only that, it's a good old, it's no yeah. short journeys in Dubai either. No, but that community feel, I think, is growing more. And I, d- I definitely think people making buying, and not just buying rental decisions based on where, where the kids are going to school. So in terms of, you know, schooling and some some tips and ideas for, for helping research where you want to be any 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 tips i mean for me off the top of my head typically one of the first things you want to be doing is looking at the khda rating and making sure yeah. you know the schools in that area fit you know where you want them to be is it a british school is it an american school what's the what, curriculum yeah. what curriculum do you want to follow do you know and talking from a personal point of view now just how you feel when you go to the school yeah so we chose because we had the best feeling about about the, was the school we're going to and it's just it's a bit like buying a property like and some people say you just walk into a property and you know that's the one and you you just get a good feeling about it when you walk in i think it's similar with a school you just it's where you feel more comfortable and where you can see your kids fitting in more so it doesn't help that i'm incredibly spontaneous yeah (laughs) and i walk into one or whether it's a shop i'll say i'll have that please no problem and just not think too much about it but i mean with with where where my daughters go to school you know it's british school and I walked in there and like, you're right about yeah. property, you know, I say that to people who've never bought before. And I say, when you go and, when you go and see something, you just know something yeah. there, it just feels right. It feels like this is somewhere I can yeah. live. And when I went to, to, to view my daughter's school, I, I, things to me was, you know, it was every teacher was welcoming. They were, you know, they were saying hello and greeting you. And it just, I just, I just could imagine yeah. my daughter being there. So. Yeah, really exciting times, emotional times. But, you know, like I say, when you're looking for a property, make sure you do your research because, you know, make sure you've made contact the school. Is there availability? I know there's one particular school in one community where there's a three or four year waiting list. Yeah. It's impossible to get in. So, And this is a big message we talk to our guys about when they're viewing properties with people is make sure you're talking to, to buyers or tenants. But it's, it's about a lifestyle. It's not just how big is the kitchen? Is, is the you know the fourth bedroom a big enough size etc it's the lifestyle so it could be the lifestyle of the community people are living in the facilities nearby restaurants and cafes etc but also linked into this is the school like how close is the school because you might have the best house in the world but if you're traveling an hour and a half every day through traffic to get your kids to and from school the house isn't as attractive to you because it's it's just a pain because of the amount of, of time and uh, journey time spent on the road so 100% it should be a just goes to show how different me and Lewis are so obviously when I look to buy a house schooling is really important you know location in terms of travel distances do you know what Lewis's biggest uh, barometer of what's important in buying a property delivery coverage <laughs> <laughs> the biggest thing for him is do delivery de- deliver where I'm buying a house and I think you think I'm joking he wants to put a delivery map on houses that which is not a terrible idea for coverage of people what your delivery coverage would be like in your community if you're buying yeah i like that you yeah. see that coming soon on yeah the coming soon delivery reach out to us we're happy to <laughs> yeah. do a collab no problem at all um i think some quite key news obviously we're from the uk yeah. um the last couple of weeks couple of three weeks we've been some changes of travel aren't there with the uk yeah so the uk uh uae is now on the amber list and i know that we're biased because we're in the uk but if you see the stats, Emirates' busiest and most profitable route, Emirates Airline, is Dubai to London. So also for Dubai as an economy, it's obviously uh, what the UK is doing has a big impact on the Dubai's economy. So 
it going amber is fantastic it's great for everyone who's got family and friends back home who are double jabbed who want to come and visit us but it's also great for tourism and the dubai economy and the amount of people that can now come out to dubai on holiday and we're seeing that in our short-term lettings holiday homes team in terms of the amount of inquiries it was almost overnight fivefold that, yeah that they shot up yeah. following the amber news of people booking holidays for october november december yeah. early january time because people love to get out of the uk in january because it's cold and wet and christmas is over so yeah the inquiry levels and bookings have really ramped up on the short-term letting side and coincidentally it's led to um i don't know sorry i don't know if it's led to but what we're seeing now is more listings coming on the short-term let market and i don't know if people have been holding off putting the properties on the short-term let market because it was summer and it's hot and tourism and they think we're not going to make much of a return anyway whereas now we've had a lot of people we've been in communication with for three or four months who have said okay now's the time we're ready to we're ready to come to the market and try and take advantage of what is traditionally a busy period in Dubai, tourism and holiday-wise, which is really the end of September onwards right through to March, April, May. LinkedIn as well to the expo. I was going to say, there's in. very yeah. much one eye on, on October onwards yeah. for short-term lettings. And I think the Amber list, you know, it, it now being Amber for UK and UAE to travel, I, I you know, I've, I think half of our office went back as soon as the, uh, yeah. soon as the yeah, announcement yeah. was. So obviously there's been a, you know, great, it's, it's, it's from a, personal perspective business obviously you know having people to having people having time off is always quite difficult from a personal perspective seeing people reunite with families and equally families coming out here as yeah. well to see their sons daughters you know whatever it might be but these people need places to stay and yeah. you know, they're staying for longer periods you know living in short-term accommodation is actually a far more cost effective than staying in a hotel oh and it makes yeah it definitely than a hotel it makes sense you've got all your furniture there you've got your TV with you, you do packages, or if anyone is watching from UK, it's like Sky. Um, so it's just easy. You just rock up with your suitcase and you're sorted. You don't need to think about furniture, furniture or one thing or another. And the reason I'm saying that is there's a lot of people moving to Dubai again now into for work. Like the population's increasing again, only slightly. And I, I, that's not actually a fact. So apologies, but just anecdotally from people I know from back home or people you talk to. And that's where short-term letting comes in as well, because you're starting a new life in Dubai. You don't really want to be in a hotel. You don't want to commit to a year's rent. So we're actually seeing an increase in demand of people moving over and just wanting that easy solution of rock up somewhere, commit to 30 days at a time with your, your suitcase and take it from there. We do have quite a large uh, proportion of our people that listen actually from the UK. So any like examples of what you could you could get in short-term lettings for your pound per day or per week, just roughly what what you, what you might get. So yeah, well, we've actually started a marketing campaign in the UK um, for our holiday homes, which is uh, you can get a holiday home in Dubai from thirty nine pound a night, which is wow cheap as anything. I yeah. think travel lodge in the UK is I'd probably same or more. Yeah, I think it's 70, 80 quid in some yeah. cases now. So there's some really really good options close to the beach. Uh, close to downtown, close to amenities, close to all the touristy places you'd want to go to. And what can you expect if someone rents them for thirty nine pounds a night? What can you? What sort of things can you expect in the apartment? Everything. Like it's going to be a studio. Or for me, on this for thirty nine pound a night, it'd be a small one bedroom. I'm not trying to. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to like like sell a dream of I a house. I won't have like different people with bunk beds in there. <laughs> yeah. with like, no, I'm sharing it. 
But you get everything, all your furniture, your television, your white your white goods, so you can cook your meal, you've got fridge, freezer, et cetera, et cetera. You've got everything you need. It's like a hotel apartment, basically. Yeah. It's got everything you need to enjoy and come and relax and enjoy your holiday. And from a, from a landlord's perspective, why is that good now? Now's a good time to do it in terms of renting their property short term. It's just get, getting busier. So our target for a landlord is to re- increase their return on investment by 20 to 30% after all costs yeah. on a short term on a short term let. So now that Dubai is getting busier again, more people can travel here and the expo, now is the time to really take advantage of those increased ROIs. I think beauty about short term is that, you know, if someone wants to generate some income on their investment right now, and they probably want to sell it at some point in the future, the freedom of not being tied into a long contract renting property out to someone, you know, generating income whilst viewings are being conducted yeah. from our sales team hypothetically. And if it was sold, it would be sold, which is an important note by the way, is sold with properties that are vacant. Yeah. Now I was talking to I'm sorry to pivot here, talking to one of our sales guys this morning about the value of properties that are vacant and the difference in demand is tremendous yeah huge you know some buyers are prepared to pay a fair bit more than what a property is similar to that property that's tenanted yeah so you've got one property tenanted one property is vacant typically people are actually prepared to pay a little bit more knowing that at the end of that transaction when it's completed whether it's two three four months they're going to get the property and be able to move in as opposed to having to serve notice and wait for that tenant to move out yeah, completely on a tangent there. Just no, no, but it's true, and, and unwittingly becoming a landlord because if you want to buy a house for you, for yourself, if you're in a, a relationship, or if you've got a family, you just want to buy a home for yourself. You don't want to be a landlord of someone else and take on responsibilities and have to wait, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You just want to buy a property and, and move into it. So there's a definite premium. So short-term lettings ultimately can make more money than a typical rental over the course of the year. It allows you so much more freedom because yeah. if you did want to sell it, you know, for us, we know we can. We can sell vacant properties more successfully than we can tenanted. Although we do do sell, we do sell tenanted properties. Yeah, we do. But the vacant ones, if we're being honest, sell for a little bit of a premium and sell a lot quicker yeah. in the market. Yeah. So the speed and the value of the transaction is often higher with a vacant property. We're already in H two, second half of twenty twenty. So before we wrap things up, um, what, what what I mean, what what do we expect? What do you reckon? <laughs> I'm expecting a strong finish to the year. And that goes back to the viewing levels that we've been doing because like we always say, this this job is a process. And we know if you put a certain amount of viewings into the, into the process, so to speak, a certain amount of results come out at the end of it, I think. Whereas we're saying buyers and tenants have been traveling, so so have owners. So owners might have had viewings on the property, but now they're just getting back to Dubai. September's the time when Dubai starts to repopulate almost kind of again. So sellers who may be receiving offers over the summer, but they've been lounging on a sunbed somewhere, not too serious. Maybe they'll be having different conversations in the next next week or so on the back. But I think we'll have a strong end to the year. By strong end, I don't mean prices are going to rocket or we're going to see, like you alluded to before, massive, massive price increases. I just think for anyone who's motivated in the market, seller-wise, there's going to be a lot of transactions happening. I, my message is, and it's not me trying to manage expectations, talk the market down in any sort, but my message is, if you're selling a house today in Dubai, what's on Debizzle or Property Finder or Houser.com, UAE's leading property portal, yep. whatever's on these property portals is not an indication of what something is worth. Yeah. 
okay? Because what we have found in the last couple of months is loads of different agencies have been listing properties at quite frankly, ridiculous prices. And naturally as an owner, you want to believe that your property is yeah. worth what it's, yeah, it's yeah. shown for online. You know, you want to try and get as much as you can. The problem is, is it's actually um, distorted value right now in the marketplace. So, you know, what I would be doing is if I was selling my house, then I genuinely wanted to sell my house. Of course, you would first thing you do is look at portals, see what else is available. Because it's been advertised that price doesn't mean it's worth that price. So I'd be asking my agent in this instance, also and also, and asking, what have you sold recently that's comparable to mine? Yeah. And naturally you might you'll come to a happy medium between list price, what we've sold recently, and ultimately stats and facts will determine what your house is worth. Not someone else's opinion, from another real estate agency has listed something 25% over, over value. Or, an, or a seller that's thought, actually, I want to try this price because I think I can get that. Always back everything up with data, facts, and stats. And all of our buyers at the moment, all our deals up in the moment, we can quite comfortably sit down and say, this is sold, this is sold, this is sold, this is sold. And then it's sold at this price or this price range. Yeah, we can. We can give that from our own records. But importantly, maybe to give people confidence, we can give that from Dubai Land Department records as well. So it's not just we're presenting data saying that this is our picture of things. We can tell you what's happening at the Land Department. And to give um, another shout out to Hauser.com, if you go on your property listing on Hauser or any similar property listing on Hauser to what you've what you what you own, you'll see the last five transactions from the Land Department. So you get a, you get quite an accurate um, picture of the, the price building there as well. Good. So. Let me temper expectations rest this year. I do see marginal growth for the remainder of this year, but if you are serious about selling, ask for stats, ask for uh, ask for facts, and make sure um, you are fully aware of all the data ready and available around you. Yeah. For me, great to see you again. Nice to see you again. <laughs> we'll have a coffee in a moment outside. Uh, we've got a really a couple of cool podcasts coming over the next couple of weeks. So a lot for of me good stuff. and from Paul, Thank you. See you soon. Bye.